Welcome back to another episode of the Traveling Entertainer Podcast. Today's guest is none other than singer, songwriter, performer, multi-instrumentalist, and all-around beautiful human being, Scotland's finest music export from Los Angeles, interviewed at a cafe in Paris, Isabel Campbell. Now, I'm guessing that anyone that is listening to this podcast is no stranger to Isabel's work. However, for anyone that is new to her music or just doesn't have the full background, here is the short version of her rather long career. Isabel Campbell rose to prominence at the tender age of 19 as a member of the Scottish indie band Bell and Sebastian, but she left the group to pursue a solo career, first as the Gentle Wave, which released two full LPs in 1999 and 2000. After that, Isabel went it alone with her first real solo record being released in 2003 entitled Amarino. In the 2000s, she solidified a strong relationship with singer Mark Lanigan with the release of a song called Why Does My Head Hurt So off of Isabel's EP, Time Is Just The Same. Baby, tell me, why does it feel so bad? Tell me, baby, why does my head hurt so? I wish I didn't know why I wish I'd never heard Those voices calling me It's been a long time Wandering all around this city square Picking up nothing but garbage In the dirty rain This song started a deeper collaboration and they ultimately released three full LPs, of which the first record, Ballad of the Broken Seas, won the Mercury Prize in 2006. They then followed it up with the record Sunday at Devil Dirt, and then the trilogy ended with the record Hawk in 2010. Now, a few years after Hawk was released and her touring duties were over, Isabel signed to a new record label and recorded her follow-up solo record, but unfortunately, the record label folded, and after much legal fanfare forcing Isabel to retain the rights from a defunct record label, Isabel has finally released her new record on the cooking vinyl label called There Is No Other. Isabel is an amazing songwriter, singer, performer, and an all-around strong female presence in the music industry. I could not have been happier to sit down with her and have an off-the-cuff chat about all her experiences traveling the world, moving from place to place, working with other artists, and yes, we even talked about Bon Jovi. Many thanks to the good folks at Cooking Vinyl for scheduling this interview, and in particular to Celia Lodge for coordinating the time and location, which took place at the very busy Café des Ondes in Paris in the 16th district, just walking distance from the Eiffel Tower in the middle of her European tour to promote the new record, There Is No Other. So, ladies and gentlemen, here is that interview with the lovely Isabel Campbell.
<laughs> Where are you from? Okay. Can I, oh, don't tell me, don't tell me. Uh, uh, I know the accent. Ooh. Tell me. Where? Uh, I am from Seattle, Washington, but originally... I was going to... I just, like, yeah. I know the accent. So, I'm originally from California, though. So, ah. the, it, the weird thing is when you live in Paris, because I moved here three and a half years ago. When Lucky you live in Paris, you. everybody thinks I'm from Australia, uh, which is really weird. It's not an extremely strong accent. You're, no. Like, it's not... I mean, it's obviously American, but yep. it's not... It's, it's like, soft. Maybe because when you live away... Like, I don't have a strong Scottish accent. You do not. And I have a lot of friends so. here that are Scottish that have a very thick accent. Yeah, and there was people at the gig last night in Brussels. There was some Scottish people, and it was like, wow. You forgot what it sounded <laughs> I was like? like I, no, I was just like, I was like, I love it. I love hearing it, but I'm like, I don't sound like that. So. Well, how long have you been away for now? So this October, I've lived in the States for 10 years. Oh, my goodness. That's a long time. It's 10 years, yeah. And what was the catalyst for that? I, I, I was curious about that because if I recall correctly... When you released Bow to the Broken Seas, that was recorded abroad. And did you, was Sunday at Dirt Devil recorded abroad as well? Or did you move there in between Hawk and Sunday at Dirt Devil? What happened was, um, Bow to the Broken Seas was all recorded in Scotland, in Glasgow. Mm -hmm. um, I sent Mark the, he recorded his vocals somewhere in the US, I presume, and sent them back to me. Um, but it was all Scotland. Uh, Sunday at Devil Dirt was um, I started it in Scotland. Did I say Sunday at Dirt Devil? Is it Sunday at Devil Dirt? D Dirt Devil is like a vacuum cleaner yeah, or something. Right. I know. I, I mean, I'm like, why? You no, should've, it's you okay. Little just slapped me. Oh, I, I, <laughs> I'm sleep deprived, crazy lady. So uh, Sunday at Devil Dirt started in Glasgow. Um, I was there was an island island record label in-house engineer he came up from London wasn't really my bag so I was like mm, I need an engineer and him um, I was playing at the I was playing like Pink Floyd a Sid Barrett tribute at um, Queen Elizabeth Hall with Robin Hitchcock but for some reason oh I was dating this Irish guy and he was friends with um, Grasshopper from Mercury Mercury Rev okay. and so I asked Grasshopper I was like I need it. I'm not really sure about this engineer. And he was like, oh, my friend Matthew. So Matthew lives in upstate New York, but he's actually from Penrith in the UK. Like, okay. which is, um, so I called him up in the Catskills and it was like, we were just instantly very close friends. And so he worked in... in the studio is now closed, but it's called Allier Studios in the Catskills. It was in Shokan, okay. which I actually later had a house there for about a year. But anyway, that's another story. But um, so Sunday at Devil Dirt, a lot was done in um, in the Catskills. Um, and then Catskills in Glasgow. And then Hawk was done. I wrote a lot of that in Tucson. And then I flew to LA to get Mark, to record Mark's vocals. Um, so... Hawk was like LA and Glasgow, mostly so LA. You went from Scotland to the Catskills, then to Arizona, and then to LA. It's like yeah. you're making your way as far west as possible, or as Hawaii. <laughs> I know I'm like, like a Tiller than Clark or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't, yeah. I didn't have a wagon or anything, but um, I didn't like perish going through the Rockies. But um, <laughs> <laughs> I perished in other ways. But um, 
uh, I, yeah, I, I mean, I didn't live there full time. I was still, I still had, I owned a flat in Glasgow and I'd go, an apartment in Glasgow and I'd go backwards and forwards and, um, and, but finally, like, there's my friend, very close, dear girlfriend um, in Tucson, she was like, oh, I'm moving to LA, like in 2010, she was like, I'm moving to LA, and I go, so am I, <laughs> and then I just, that was it, I just moved. Well, probably good of you, I'm guessing you're enjoying it, right? I mean, it's a different feel than Scotland, and the weather's significantly better. I. Or are you getting to that point where you're starting to think about leaving? I am constantly conflicted. I miss my mother. Like I, when I, the point when I moved, um, my grandmother had just died. I was kind of heartbroken, and I just thought, like my grandmother was like the matriarch of the family, and when she died, I thought, oh, the family's fucked now. I just thought we're fucked. Right. I'm off. Like I, I don't. It's not rational, but. Um, because I was just like, well, this is a new era. Like when she died, because like people would all, gra- like we would all gather beca- around because of her. And I thought, who's going to keep the family together now? My parents are divorced. It was all mm. really nasty. So I am. Um, so I was like, I'm going to do something selfishly for myself. And that's when I moved. Because I, I, I just look. Every time I went out there, it was so exciting. Like all my favorite records are like you know, like all the Laurel Canyon stuff and the Beach Boys and everything. So I was just like a, I was in my element. So I was just like, goodbye. And I I went, I I literally just like, I left my flat. I didn't, my apartment, I didn't pack it up. I just left and my my, my poor mother had to like. Go pack up your stuff. (laughs) It's like pray, but you know, there's reasons. But um, yeah, so I just, uh, that was me. (laughs) Uh, <laughs> it's quite extreme, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I remember on the plane, like uh, the on the plane on the on the way over, um, there was like some John Lennon film, and it was a, and it was about I can't remember what it was called. It wasn't particularly good, but it was like and it was about him moving to when he moved to New Manhattan, York. yeah, and and it was how how and in the and in the movie it was like and he never went back, and I was watching it going. I'm never going back. (laughs) But I feel a bit differently. Uh, Trump has changed a lot for me. Tell me about it. I moved here three and a half years ago, and we didn't move here because of Trump, but once we got here and that happened, which was three months afterwards, it it made the decision to not go back a little bit easier. Let me ask you this, kind of going into um, your experiences traveling, you were how old when you started touring with Bell and Sebastian? That would be your first time touring, correct? Yeah. Was was, that 19, 20? I was 19. Holy Um, crap. We got him... We, we, I, I was, the band started as 18 and we, um, and at 19 there was, um, there was this record label called The Enclave in New York okay. and it was, um, head, headed by this guy called Tom Zuta and he basically pay, pay, flew all of us to New York, put us up in a hotel on, on, uh, the Parker Meridian on Fifth Avenue and, um, and honestly, we, I was like a country bumpkin in a way, yeah. you know, I, I was just like, you know, 19, but I was like, woo, like, but saying that a country bumpkin, but really like impressionable, like really like open to whatever was going to occur. Like, and 
So we, yeah, we, he flew us over and um, that was my first time in the States. And um, I mean, even when I was 18. I think your first impression of coming to the United States of America from Scotland and, and being in New York City, that must blow your mind. I, the first time, I honestly think maybe I was like jet lagged most of the time because it was probably only like a week. But um, even honestly, when the band first got together and I was 18 and we would go to London, I would feel like a country pumpkin. (laughs) Like I would just be like, oh my God, what is this? Why everything, why is everything so fast? And um, but when that time in New York, that was quite brief. It was like only about a week at the most came back and then when we, when we did the first tour like shortly afterwards in the states i felt quite scared because um i understood because we were bombarded with all the the american hollywood and the tv and the movies i thought it wouldn't be a shock like it wouldn't be a culture shock but actually just like going there and like the sky is, it, I mean that we were only on the East Coast, and little did I know about like the skies in like Arizona or, sure. in, you know, the Southwest and like in in California. But even the sky on the East Coast, I was like, it's so big, and everything seems so big. And even though we all speak English, it was it was a, a culture shock. But then I end then I end up getting really really into it years down the line <laughs> like I got really into it right obviously right. so when did you beyond America do you recall the first time that you went um, I'm guessing you've been to Japan I'm guessing you've been to Australia you've, you've hit those markets several times no no I've only been to Japan once and I loved it and I would love to go back I would love to go back with this album do you hear that promoters in Japan <laughs> I really call cooking vinyl immediately I really want no I, I, I just I think this record I think think people might like it in Japan um, but I, I loved it when I did go and then um, I've only been to Mark Lanigan has played in Australia many many times but um, I've only played I've only been to Australia actually once hmm. myself so I've yeah. never been there that's on the I can't believe I've been to 47 countries and Australia is not on the list yet it'll I've, be there soon I'll get there I've been there but I feel like I would like to go and spend time there because um like when you're touring you don't sometimes you don't see stuff so mm-hmm. uh, most of the time you don't see stuff so well so let's talk about the current tour because you've been on the road now for I want to say two two and a half weeks uh you've been in London Amsterdam already or have you do, do you do you get two more three more shows till the mm-hmm. end of this tour Three more shows. But you started out, well, actually, let me go backwards a little bit. Let's talk about your touring band, because I believe one of your, the opening lady, Nina Violet, is that her name? Yeah, yeah, Nina. She's, she's pulling double duty, right? She's she's doing an opening slot, and is she pen, or playing in, in your band as well? She is. She's a good sport. Yeah, she's so doing how do, both. How, did you, how do you pick your opening band? Is that something that the label does, or is that something that you wanted to bring her on, on tour with you? Oh, I've known Nina since um, she's from Martha's Vineyard. I've known her since I met her in 2007. Okay. Because she it was through um, the engineer friend, um, Matthew Cullen. Um, he was... He because she's in Massachusetts, right? So she went to Old Soul, um, a studio in upstate New York, and 
Matthew was recording her and then so and then Matthew and her dated for a while so okay. when Matthew flew to Glasgow to meet me um, Nina was on tour with uh, Willie Mason I don't know if you've heard of his music I know the name but I'm not familiar with the music he's also from Martha's Vineyard but she was on tour but and also but Matthew and her were kind of getting together so she came into the studio yeah they were they were getting on so uh, <laughs> and I was kind of like I felt like Cupid a little bit but um I like to flatter I just <laughs> I know I was just kind of what's going on this is spicy but um she came in and I met her in 2007 and then like she played on this record she came to okay. well, like because I finished a lot of the record in Woodstock actually because I was actually living in New York for a while but um so I've known her just since 2007 and because she played all the violas and violins on the record I was like hey do you want to and her music's amazing and I, I and like just because we're in this time of like the women rising up and all the you know we're, we've all kind of had enough and I'm kind of like I'm like I need to have be around women more in the sure. music and everything so um so she was she was the first person I booked <laughs> and then um uh Peter I've known since 2007 he toured with me a lot um with Mark Lanigan okay and what does Peter play he's a drummer okay. he's from Aarhus in Denmark okay and um he played. He's played a lot with uh, How Gelb and Giant Sand. Um, so I met him. I met Peter in 2006. So I've known him for a while. A long time. And then the guitarist from Glasgow, Andrew. Um, I've known him for like five minutes. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. I just okay. like I don't don't know him from. I so don't know him. when you put the band together, where did you rehearse at? Was that done in America, or did you come over here to oh, London or someplace like, and then you did a rehearsal I, here? I or did everyone have to learn their parts, and you got together for a day, and then went, let's play these songs. Nobody learned their parts, and like, <laughs> I, I had to just like I just had to like hook it all up. I was like actually having severe anxiety. <laughs> like before. Um, basically, um, Nina and so. Nina and uh, Nina and Peter flew in on the 24th of January, but I'd been in Scotland because um, just to see my mum and everything, and um, I'd met on my own with Andrew a few times. So, but Nina and Peter flew in on the 24th, and then um, then we practiced for two days. That's it. And then we and then we That's started. So and then the first thing we had was like a live session for BBC Radio Six for Mark Riley, and um, oh. It You're was starting it was off with that after two days, after oh God, ten, how, after how ten, ap, after ten years in the yeah. wilderness. It was um, it was a baptism of. It's been a real shock. It's been a real shock to the system, but it's been so a good shock. Leading up to this, I read all the who, whatever interviews you've done up to this that I've been able to track down. It seemed like there was a lot of nervousness leading up to your first performance, um, as well as. We can get into the legal part later. Oh, I, I don't even know if anybody no, really. No, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. just it's just I such like a drag. Yeah. Like it's rubbish. Okay. Like it's totally rubbish. But I, for one, am really happy that you are back. As clearly, I'm a huge fan of your work, and I've seen you live several times in the past. One of the things that I, I love about you and your music is, I think you're one of the most extremely. You're so talented as a songwriter. Thank what you, you did with Mark and your ability to write for other people is purely fantastic. I don't think there's a lot of. Uh, artists out there that can do what you've done so thank you for that oh, um, I also know I've watched you the first concert that I saw you at was for Ballad of the Broken Seas in Seattle when you played the Triple Door 
Oh, uh, God. With, um, yeah, that's a lovely club. It's Love a lovely club. club. And I want to ask you a couple of questions. But, but Mark about wasn't there. But Mark wasn't yeah, there. Because he was um, cleaning, cleaning himself up. But if I recall, you had, uh, you, you've always had a lot of talent around you as well. And wasn't there... I want to say Jim from the Soup Dragons. Yeah, Jim McCulloch. Yeah, yeah. that's right. I couldn't. I wouldn't be able to pronounce his last name. I, yeah. I would have butchered it. So he yeah. toured with you and sang Mark's parts. Jim McCulloch, right? or like yeah, yeah. sometimes, yeah, it's say, like you can't say. Lock. I'd say it like you the guy from Echo in the yeah, yeah, yeah. McCulloch or McCulloch. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So you had him touring with you doing Mark's parts, but parts. But the question that I had is. Oh no, that was um, no. Jim McCulloch was not singing. Oh okay. Jim was the guitarist, ah, and like okay. um, at, it was just like. It's kind of Glasgow, really. It's just kind of magical. And, like, people, you go, oh, I'm looking for this. Do you know someone? And then they go, oh, okay. It's a quite, um, it can be infuriatingly incestuous and annoying. Sure, like, sure. when I was younger, I would be annoyed and infuriated. But as I'm older, I'm like, it's actually really, really cool. Nice like, it's actually, yeah. like, because there's, like, so much talent and amazing music. And you just like stuff is usually only a few phone calls away. It's quite easy. It's not like I feel like if I tried to get someone in LA, I could so easily get a bunch of like all the wrong people. Right. You know, it like because there's like we, there's more there's more uh, just bigger and 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 I don't know. They, they just have exquisite taste in Glasgow. A lot of the Glasgow people like the Mary Chain and. And you know Bobby Gillespie, all those people. How are, cool was it that you got to sing on a Jesus and Mary Chain? That record? was, um, I love them. Those pe- those men, they're just like, that was so kind of them because like I think they knew that I'd had a shit old time and it, just to have. Well, actually no, because they asked, they invited me to sing on the record, and they didn't know that. But then once I did the, the stuff on Damage and Joy, then they asked me and um, then obviously then I told them what happened but they were just like they just felt like my tribe you know like just kind of I can be a bit awkward myself sometimes and a bit cranky and a bit kind of feeling misunderstood and I just felt like human yeah 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 yeah. yeah. I've um, heard of that I just I just adored them I really loved the drummer the, the guy from the posies that um and plays with them and I did not know that guy from the posies that must have been. He's from, amazing. I and and Mark, I'm Mark guessing the that was going to be back from the Sub Pop years because I think they put out one record on Sub Pop and Probably. the Posies, I believe, were on Sub Pop. Yeah, as well. and um, and just like the, I just like, I just like really nice. The girlfriends were really nice, and and Mark Crozer, or the bass player, he's from Oxford. I mean, he just emailed me the other day. He's like, I love your records, and and I need to reply to him, but I. Uh, I don't know. I was like, I couldn't like unless like the unless like Lou Reed, w- like, came back from beyond the grave and asked me to do something. I can't think of anyone else that I would have rather been asked to do something by. Oh, they're such a great band. I mean, I saw them. I, I followed their career like crazy. I own their compilation box set on vinyl. Like you know, I've been a huge fan of them. And the the sad thing is. When Damage and Joy came out, I was listening to a lot, and I didn't even place you on it. And then it took me a couple of... I, I think I was reading an interview, and I was like, holy shit, how did I not know that was you on the record? <laughs> I think just I'm on it. Just because it didn't seem like... It, it wasn't to me... And sorry to cut you off. No. But it was just so... Um, I don't know. For me, it felt out of left wing. Like, But it, it made so much sense. As soon as I heard it, those songs are great. Your voice is beautiful. And I can't believe I didn't catch that immediately. I was like, well, you know, because I think... Um 
I think their sister sang on one. And um, I I really don't mind, but I, I just happen to think that William Reed is like a, a guitar genius. I just like Amen. loved being yep. around him. And just like, oh my God, that guy. I was just like, oh, that was, that I had, yeah, yeah it was really, really I think good. right now they're doing a 25 year or 30 year maybe tour for Darklands. And they're playing everywhere in Europe but Paris. And what was is like, Darklands? Is that their That's new? their second record. It's so, after yeah. Damage and Joy? No, 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 no. no. Oh. So their first I record was Psycho Candy like I'm not 30 like, years ago. I'm and not like a, a, what's it? Like I'm not one of those Total nerd like me? Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, okay. Like, I, I do That's have exactly like, what you meant to say. I'm a, I'm a bit of a nerd, but I'm, I'm not like completely. Okay, well, <laughs> speaking of nerds. It, it, it depends. If, it, if it's like some things I am a nerd. I have my nerd moments, depending who it is. Well, I, I'm definitely in my nerd moment right now. Uh, but <laughs> going back to that concert at um, Seattle, the first time I saw you when you played at the Triple, Triple Door. Door, you brought along, who opened for you at that concert was Magnet. And I remember, uh, like, how did you, because first of all, I'd never seen Magnet before. I love his music. I don't know how you ended up touring with Magnet or if that was something that you picked. Like, you picked Nina Violet. Was Magnet handpicked or was that the uh, label gave it to you? That was not me that I didn't pick that mm. so I don't yeah no that was just um like usually it's more like now I realize like oh whenever I do something I want to pick it like I think that's been a thing recently that I want to be the choosing of the support um is a lot of that have to do with the fact that it turns out you only have managers here and not in America I read when, when doing some interviews I don't, for this, I don't it sounds actually, like there's some I don't joke about a, not having any management in America or You've burned through managers. Or I, there's a I don't. Here I don't. I don't have any managers anywhere. So this is all you. It's all me, and it's so much work. And but like, um, and now people are saying that I'm difficult. I just heard that from the record label the other day that. Um, the record like, label is wrong. She's not I difficult. Was, I can I tell like, right now. Because I was like, I'm just like, I just like a straight shooter. People don't appreciate that. Like, I won't. I mean, I try to please people, but I'm not completely spineless. And sometimes people don't enjoy that. I don't know. I don't know. It's not really my problem. But um, th- yeah, I've got no management, and I'm probably like untouchable now. Like probably like because I'm because I'm difficult. <laughs> well, I don't see that at all. So whoever's telling you that, just get rid of them. <laughs> it's, it's actually the record label, so I can't really do that. Yeah, I got you. Got you. But um, yeah, like uh, I'd love a manager in the states, or I just would like someone. Like, I think Richard that owns Sonora, the studio in Atwater, he, he goes, like, because someone phoned up to, to book the studio for a session, and we're, they were like, are they coming? Are they not coming? And he's like, oh, they're either our people or they're not. And I think that's where I'm coming to. I'm like, well, I just need someone that gets me. I just need my, my people, but I might be quite freaky, so there might not really be that many of my people. But I've been really lucky on this tour because, yeah, and, like, the tour manager and stuff, he he seems like my people, so that's I'm like he's the tall guy. Uh, yeah, I'm like yep. fuck. I'm like, whoa, where did my peep where did Yang come from? That's amazing. So what are the plans? Do you get three <laughs> more shows after this? What do you do? Are you going to tour America? Are you going to book any? Well, other? this is what. So we because you're supposed to be playing tonight, but what happened? Let's look, what happened to the good people of Paris? Everyone's like, I, know. I, I thought maybe I thought maybe really what it was is that uh, Paris was having the grab or the strike, and that you might not have been able to plan to get from there. To hear during it, you know, is it is it a secret? It was no, it's no secret, no secret. Um, I'm not that secretive, but um, 
basically, um, so when I was in London, it was, um, I said, that's why I, said, I met with the record label and I was like, I really need a US agent now. I really like, I've been loving this. I want to do it. And he's like, yeah, we need to get that. But um, just that I'm difficult. <laughs> so, but hopefully people will really, like I've been playing these shows and really enjoying it. So hopefully people will realize that maybe I'm not difficult. But Paris, what happened was, um, it was in the schedule and the record obviously is only out like two three days ago yep. and um but nobody there was it was like christmas time there wasn't and this like today in paris these are the first interviews i've done for this record I've not done anything really? and um and the tickets weren't selling and then also there was like because i don't have a manager we were like can we even do this tour and the label were thinking we might have to cancel and really right up until like the last moment it, it it was seeming like it might not go ahead this whole tour <laughs> it was really exhausting really? yeah so, so let me ask you listen i'm always curious about what how an artist if you've been gone for this long and you you do sort of um well that's the, the release but you're doing these shows before anyone's heard it beyond the two videos and, and maybe one song because i think you've done two videos and then the tom petty version has been released online yeah. so which by the way they're all phenomenal songs and i can't wait to hear the finished product i unfortunately have to wait because the vinyl that i bought and i bought a test press uh is getting shipped to my seattle office and then i show up there and grab it and that's when i can start listening to it so uh but is that really is that frustrating to you because it seems like yes, you know, if you waited a month afterwards and people the record went that's out. what that's what um my husband thought and that's what i thought and i was saying to my husband what what's going on and it just seems a bit blurry but um basically yeah so the paris hadn't really sold and then we were thinking that we might have to cancel anyway and then we were looking to like downsize paris but because it was really last minute there were no smaller venues right, right. but then i think the promoter i think like the agent was like oh but maybe we're going to cancel anyway so they were like oh let's just bail on paris and i was like that's not that amazing because like Paris is one of my favorite places to play. Right. Like I, I love, I, I love French culture. I, so much French music is like my favorite, my favorite songwriting, my favorite music. So I was kind of bummed out, but you just have, and, and, and so the agent, we had a conference call and he was like, well, I guess it is hard to come back after 10 years. And so, and and the label like the label say you know oh it's so hard to come back after ten years. So I, don't know, I feel like you're an <laughs> extremely well known artist, right? I mean it, it's it's terrible that you've been gone so long, and you know again it wasn't you don't my, want to get into the legal stuff. It was it wasn't my it. intention. Yep, it wasn't yep. my intention. I mean I'd been pretty badly ripped off by a manager at the start of 2011, and so I did I did withdraw for like. I did consciously withdraw for two years. I was kind of like, I, this is, this is just awful. Like I can't keep like hemorrhaging, like doing, working so hard and being ripped off and stuff. I was like, I just have to stop. So I stopped, you know, but then I did stop for a couple of years and I just moved to the States and I was just, honestly, I was just like, 
setting up my bank accounts there and, and actually just like learning to drive. Like I learned to drive in Los Angeles. I was just doing things <laughs> like that. I know, I, I didn't drive before. Now I have a little, I'm now I've nearly paid my that car is such off. A, you know, the funny thing is the whole driving thing, that's, that's a difference between Americans and pretty much everywhere else. Like when you turn 16 years old in America, at least when I was 16, and that was only a couple of days ago, so no big deal. But that's the first thing you do is go get your driver's license. But if you come from someplace else, you generally avoid getting it as long as you well, can. Well, no, my brother did, and I, I got lessons when I was 17, but I was, like, I was rebellious, and I think, I don't know, I did something naughty, and my mom was <laughs> like, my mom was like, that's it! And I wasn't allowed to, because I was, like, dying to go and see John Bon Jovi. I was dying to go and see Bon Jovi oh my God, at the you, SEC. Did you really just say that? Did I you really was, say, I was dying I to see John Bon Jovi? I was so excited. Like, he had, like, um... He had like his jeans with the naked lady on them, and I was just like, "He is badass." <laughs> um, but I like, I don't know, like, I, I, I swore or I did something naughty, and my mom was like, "No Bon Jovi," and she was like, "And no." Doesn't she know that just makes you want Bon Jovi even more? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just like you know the forbidden fruit. But no, she, and she was like, "No Bon Jovi," and by the way, no more driving lessons. And I was like, "Fine, I hate my driving lessons anyway. The instructor is really boring." So as and then, but then as a result, um, I was just in touring bands all the time, and we would just like we would just show up at airports, and we would be uh, driven around. So I was just like. I don't need to drive anyway. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. as soon as I got the, like the first year I was in LA, I didn't drive at all, and that was before Uber and everything. So that was tough. Yeah, I, I spent a lot of money on taxis, but um, but then uh, Angie, my little lovely Mexican driving instructor, she she uh, she sorted me out. So now <laughs> I drive. <laughs> okay. I dr- drove as an old lady. So well, I'm gonna kind of go off on another weird question. Um, which I think is quite funny, but so I was watching the videos that you made. Let me ask you this: for the two videos, uh, Ant Life and Hay World, do you have much creative input in that, or is that somebody that you pay to do it? Because you're in one, but you're not really in the other. Uh, right? I basically the way that's him, Mike Aho. He's like the creative director at Volcom, the skate shop. Yeah, of course. Like he has, so he has his shop in um, in Austin. And um, he was just kind of like, because probably like, I don't really have music videos because I don't, usually I don't have the budget for music, but like every, nothing I'd like. But it just seems like nowadays people are finding creative ways to make them, you know, really cheaply, like, yeah. you know, on their phone or anything. They do the sort of the lyric version, then they'll put a video out. Like, yeah. it seems like videos are, it's something you can do cheaper than it used to be. True. No labels handling I mean, people, you $50,000 and saying, make go a, spend it all, Isabel. People make movies on their iPhones. Sure. So, but um, Mike was just kind of like, came along and he makes lots of videos for people. And so Ant Life, um, but basically all I had to do for that was just show up mm-hmm. and, um, and, you know, because I think he just, he's quite independent and he just kind of, it's like, it's like the way I make records, that's what I have to just be left alone to make the record. And I feel like Mike is like the film equivalent of that. So I, I just showed up and he did it. But the second, the one for Hey World, I kind of wish I'd been in that video. It was more just like he was in Austin, I was in LA. And um, But if I could go back in a time machine, I'd say, Mike, can I be in my video? Well, it's interesting because, I, I, you know, uh, jokingly, I, when I watched the video, I was like, I was sitting here thinking, well, I got to make her laugh at some point in the interview, but it seemed like perhaps Mike is actually promoting young women drinking because there's a young Isabel in it drinking a martini, and I'm saying that's, 13, that's, 14 years that's, old. That's Mike's daughter. 
It's his Mike's daughter? Yeah, that's Mike's ah. daughter. That's it, Poppy. Yes, <laughs> Poppy. That's so, funny. Um, no, I said, because like, she was in it, and then I was like, oh, I sent her like Rad Women of the World, the book, you know, mm-hmm. Rad Women yep. of the World. I, I, I sent it to her to say thanks. But um, I wish Poppy and I had been in it because, I don't know, I just think... Not, I, I mean, I, I think also, though, Mike knows that I'm really, really, like... I'm quite camera shy and I'm quite, I can be like a stiff plank. So I think Mike knew that. So maybe he thought. I'm not getting this from you. This is the first time you and I have met and I feel like you're extremely easy to talk to. But see, when a a camera comes out, I can go into myself. I just, it's like, okay, freeze. Ah, Mm -hmm. I I find it just, I find those lenses intrusive or something. But, but when we did the ant life video, he was really cool. Like we just did it all. It was like the coldest day in Austin since like 1930 or something it was really weird but um it was 95 degrees out <laughs> no no I had like my I was wearing what I'm wearing now and I was so cold and it looked like Great Britain I was like this is weird like we're in Austin and that grass over there looks like Great Britain <laughs> but um yeah so but he he was just kind of low-key and we just did it but I, th- I think you know, because he was going to help me with like live projections for the live stuff too. I think I could probably say, t- well, and maybe other someone else will make something too. Because like the photographers that um, shot like Sunday at Dumbledore and and um, Ballads of the Broken Seas and Hawk, they are like pretty much, they've come up through the ranks and they're like Vogue photographers now. So I guess I won't ever... Be working shot with by them again, those, yeah. Unless, unless, unless I don't know. Unless I don't know, I just like. Well, you got to think if they liked work with you in the past, they're probably not going to charge you an arm and a leg because they're going to support you since mm. you supported them. At least you hope that's you way, the well. way it works. It's America, though. It's America. Damn good point. <laughs> it's like so uh, you know what's that? It's like see recently, like all I think about, like the, um, you know the Leonard Cohen song, everybody knows, like everybody's talking to their pockets. Everybody wants a box of chocolates and a long stem rose. Everybody knows. That's like, everybody's fucking talking to their pockets. And I'm sick of it. I'm so sick of it. But that's the way it is. I am, th- that would be a reason that I wouldn't stay in the States, to be honest. Right, right. I, I, I find it heartbreaking how, I know people slip through the net everywhere. They do. They, they slip through the net in Glasgow and Scotland as well, but some of the things I see out there, fucking break. It, it's so wrong. Like it's well, pretty so much anything wrong. that the Trump administration has done is just heartbreaking, right? Yeah, you have to be a soul. But it's not even. It's before that. It's like, um, you know, it's just the fucking haves and the have-nots, and in it, and it's just like, it's so wrong. Like if you're that liberal. And if you're that, like, oh, yeah, I'm a liberal, I'm a Democrat, fucking cough up. Do you really need those millions? Help people out. Like, it's just wrong. <laughs> I'm sorry, but no, I, I've I, seen a lot, and it's not pretty. No, but it's but, it, but it's everywhere at the minute, and it's just sort of devastating. Like, I could get really, like, I think I did an interview, and, and the journalist was like, thanks, you've really bummed me out yeah. now. And I'm like, oh, like... So have you so ever written any songs about anything like that? Bu- Boulevard on the new on album. On the new album, Boulevard. Yeah. What is that about? It's just like when I moved to LA and just the homeless, the homeless. And I just, uh, fair enough, okay, 
I'm an alien. Okay, charge me insane rent. Bleed me dry. That's fine. But there's people in LA born and raised. They shouldn't be punished. Like, that's geographically where they're born. They should they should be given a break with their rent and stuff. Like, there should be, like... I don't know. I don't know where it will end. Well, yeah. I mean, if you go to Seattle right now, too, and I go back there once every couple San of Francisco, months... San Francisco, like... It's, oh. it's horrible. Yeah, what's going on in the West Coast is just... It's unacceptable. Right? There's got to be some form of a breaking point that they can they can solve something like i told like that we were driving back from the concert last night and and andrew was like how much is your rent and i told him and he was just like oh my god like and i was like yeah it was, it's, it's killing me it's killing me so so you gotta tour more <laughs> i want to because it's like the ha- it's the best do you know what it's the best thing i've done in the last 10 years right it's really, I bet. it's gotta it's feel really, good to be back up on stage and to put this thing out and you know i, 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 I feel, really like feel myself again like i feel like i was all out of shape like i was i was basically a recluse for years and years and years um and and i don't really know that many people in la like hopefully sometime i will but it can be a bit um of a minefield to meet genuine people (laughs) yes so you know one of the things i want to ask you too is what do you have against cats because from what I can tell, you spend a lot of time with dogs, and I've I've seen love cats. But you have like on your I think it's your Instagram. There's about four thousand pictures of dogs, and not one of cats. How many dogs do you have? And did you spend the last ten years hanging out with them? <laughs> I've spent pretty much yeah. Um, so my mother-in-law has two dogs. Um, my sister-in-law and brother-in-law they had two dogs one and just died um just everyone i know has like my everyone has dogs but um you know there's a i had a cat on the gentle waves records one song for you like that was my cat alfie so yeah so i love cats but um now and i think my golden retriever would really like me to get a cat but (laughs) i think he might like i think he might like damage it yeah like oh they're pretty gentle giants yeah, yeah do you have cats uh, well, that was one of the things when we moved here after a year to convince the children that we were going to stay. We did the whole, oh, we're staying in Paris and we're getting a cat. So, yeah, yes. That's like how my friend moved house and her daughter, who's nine, Aya, was like, I don't want to move. And then she's like, but here's some cats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then like, yeah. yeah. And it worked out well because now we get this like little furry beast that runs around the house and it's all fun. And I was just joking about it, but I did find it very funny when I was looking at your Instagram. I was like, there's a shitload of dogs going on But that's on here. just like a... That's just because I, I, I only have two dogs myself, but... Um, I like just, the way you said only is if people are like, most people have three or four. I only have two dogs. I only, well, no, but it's LA. Everyone loves their dogs in LA. In fact, if you're a dog in LA, you'll probably do all right because people fucking love you. You know, like <laughs> a human, maybe not. They're, they're kind of suspicious because they're like, oh, what do you want from me? But uh, dogs, like, they, they love, everyone loves their dogs. Hmm, did they pick up their dog's crap like they don't hear? Because in I Paris, do. it's just like a minefield. Oh, everywhere. I know. I saw some earlier. Um, I always do, and I get kind of annoyed when I see. Not everyone does, but um, no. So like, I just I suppose I just have those dogs now, and that's just. But I I like all animals, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so when um, let's go back to a little bit of the whole. You only practice for two days. You've got a band now featuring four people. I know. Uh, how do you feel that the tour has gone? Do you feel like you? Do you feel in prime again? I feel I was absolutely terrified, but um, it was so good because the Mark Riley session, it it went really well, and um, 
it's just, I've just gone like I'm so tired because the days are so long but but I've been completely energized at the same time because it's like I feel more like myself doing it like I, so it's been like uh it's yeah it's been really good um it's been really really good and I'm really yeah I'm happy so beyond the the new record which is really the old record during that time off or in between trying to reobtain the rights to your records, were you, are you always writing music or do you yeah. only write music because you have to make a record? No, I'm always writing. Like there's, um, you know, I have like napkins and post-its and things like all over the house and in bags and I'm just always uh, on my iPhone. I'm just like, I just can't, I, even if the world makes me stop, which it might at some point and also because the music business is just, people it just seems quite different but I'll always be doing it and but I think I should be doing it more like I think other I have I think I should be writing for other people I'm I'm quite imaginative so I I feel like I could if anyone ever wanted me to help them out anyone like I would love to work with Mark Lanigan again but I think I could also do more to be honest yeah, I think I would love it if you work with him again or just any other artist because even on Hawk, uh, I can't remember the name of the musician. I would love I to write songs with the Mary Chain, for example. Yes, just like, do that. Just thinking out loud. Because, yeah. like, I honestly, William Reed, like, like he's probably, like, he's the mus- musician that's, like, impressed me the most in, like, the past few years. Like, hmm. I just, and so I was just like, what's he doing? Oh. His I, guitar work is phenomenal. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I just, like... <laughs> but do you have any songs, let me ask you this, do you have any songs that you've written that haven't even been recorded that you know are going to be for a duet or... Yeah, I have lots. I have so many, like multiple. How many do you have? Let's, let's, put, a, let's put a number on this thing. Is there 20, 30, 40, 50? Mm-hmm. I'm always curious how many, you know, uh, whether they, whether again, whether they write because they have a record that they have to release or they're just doing it all day and they go into recording and go like, here's 40 songs, let's narrow it down to the, the top 10. How did it work with this last record and what about moving forward? It just uh, just starts with an idea, and it's like it's all just like imagination, and you just start, and then usually the songs tell you where to go, um, and then also the songs, like depending on the melody, or it tells me like what the voices that I'm looking for. Oh, but to go back to what you were saying about the triple door, that was Eugene Kelly that was touring with me. Okay. Not Jim Jim McClough. That was Eugene from the Vaselines. From the Vaselines, okay. Remember, like Kurt but Cobain's. He did, but I, I am right. The guy from the Super Dragons did play with you for a while, but that for was for years. Was that, okay. it, he and he even wrote like one of the songs on Ballads of the Broken Seas, and um, he uh, he now he has his own project. I think it's called Green Peppers and Snow Goose. I think he maybe just had possibly had a record out, hmm. but yeah, for from about I'd say. 2004 until 2010. We, no, we even did a session in 2012. So 2004 to 2012. But now he's like a he's teaching at uni. He's a guitar teacher. He's he's got like a PhD in music, and he's like wow. happy as a clam. Like he's so happy. So right. um, yeah, he was like obviously he was my first call for the this thing but he and it but it was him that said oh there's this guy andrew and that's how we got young andrew young andrew how, how young is andrew he is 30 
Andrew's young. He, he's young, Andrew. Yeah. <laughs> Andrew is officially young. Well, so then uh, I know you're just in the middle of this release, but I, I, I sort of, what I wanted to I ask think it will go good. I think it's going to gain momentum, and I think it's oh, going to sure. go well. I think so, too. I'd like to see, I, I wish I could have seen you perform tonight. That would have been so... Me, too. Like, yeah. pa- like seriously, I am such, a, like, I love Goddard, Truffaut, Gainsbourg, like, all of it. And I'm like, oh, my God, no Paris show. That is, like... Well, maybe you can walk around tonight at least see something beautiful. No, we're going back to Brussels. Oh, tonight? Because we're driving to Germany tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, so you have done, you flew from LA to Scotland and then you started the tour there. Have you been yeah. on, I'm guessing you took the channel over. Yeah, we did. And then you're driving everywhere from here. Yeah, we're driving everywhere. Ooh, that's a lot of driving. It's a lot of driving. Is it just a van and gear? It's like a, it's a five lovely, or six of you um, in it? It's a, it's a yeah. lovely um, Mercedes van. And um, yeah, um, so that's what we're doing. Yeah, like I flew over um, 28th of December for a wedding, flew from LA to Glasgow, got some disgusting bug on the plane, so oh, no. I was out for a week. Yeah, I always get Isabel those has the coronavirus. No, 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 no. <laughs> those, um, those, those long flights are always, um, it's always a, mer- like when I did those Mary Chain shows, like in, I picked up some horrible. Oh, you went on tour with them? I did a, I did four shows at the, um, is it the Forum or, or no? Is it the Palladium? The, where was it? Like the Nine Inch Nails played? Like not this December, but the December before. Okay. I think it might have been. Is the Palladium about three thousand capacity? Sounds about right. Yeah, it was the Palladium, and um, I've never been there, but I've heard of it. It was a Palladium, and they were like, "Oh, you live in LA? Just come and do the song." I did. We did a. Ooh, what's that? Some sometimes always, and we yep. did like a few, we did the songs from Damage and Joy and stuff. So. Sometimes always is a great song. I know. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like I, I, I just I'm a, a big fan of William. So. Well, listen. Uh, and Jim, of course. I want to thank you so much for spending the time. I know that you didn't. I don't think you even knew I was going to be here, but no, I really I appreciate the fact that you sat down and. and let How me long ask we you all these questions. Uh, we're at 50 oh, minutes. Well, oh, yeah. No, yeah. I love it. Like, I'm happy. I'm at my happiest. I'm talking about what I love, music, and I love traveling. And But just mostly music. It's just, like, such a joy. It's such a privilege to think of all the shit things people have to do, and doing music isn't one of them. Well, hopefully <laughs> we'll get more music from you, too. And I you know, wish I you all so. the best with the, uh, luck with the release and the tour. Thank and you. Keep getting out there. Keep writing songs. You make so many people happy with your music. I, I included, uh, but you have a start huge crying fan base. <laughs> you have a huge fan base. You just need to get out there and do as much touring as possible. I just need to show up. You need I to know, show but up. But do you know what? It's easy for me to show up for Mark Lanigan. It's easy for me to show up for the Mary Chain. Not so easy for me to show up for myself sometimes. So this is what I'm trying to learn, like right. to show up for my bloody self, you know? Well, yeah, and you should because you're amazing. Your music is beautiful and you really inspire people. And, like, you, you know, you get to travel the world. And I think it's the best part about being a musician is, although you might not get to see many places, you at least get experience getting out there. Yeah, and, and maybe, uh, maybe I'll get to do more, like have more music in movies. Maybe I'll get just to do more. Like I just want to do this has been like such a shot in the arm like i'm like i just want to do as much as i can now so good do that yeah, all I right will. i will thank you <laughs> all right thank you so much for being here i appreciate thank it thank you
All right, and that is the end of the conversation with the lovely Isabel Campbell. If you don't have Isabel's new record, there is no other, out now on Cooking Vinyl, head over to isabelcampbell.com for exclusive vinyl releases, bundles, and all sorts of other goodies. And don't forget to dig into her back catalog because there's some damn fine music that you might have missed. If you have any questions or comments, drop us a line at info at travelingentertainer.com. Yes, with two L's in traveling. And if you like what you heard, you can subscribe to the podcast and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Plus Alexa, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, pretty much everywhere podcasts are hosted. Or you can stream it off the website at www.travelingentertainer.com. In the meantime, get out there and see the world, and while you are seeing it, make sure to support live music, or in this case, support Isabel Campbell. Taking us out is Isabel's song, Running Down a Dream, which is a cover song from the late and great Tom Petty off her new record, There Is No Other. Thanks again, take care everyone, and safe travels. <laughs>